Welcome back to ASMR Quest, listeners. I'm John Tyler. And I'm Ian Fox. And we are back with another exciting episode. A 4th of July spectacular. Mm -hmm. Happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. There's going to be fireworks. There's going to be cake. Um, There's going to be potentially special guest appearances, um, which I I can talk about now a little bit. Um... Yeah, John, it's been an exciting time uh, in my life, um, sort of in in my summer home, or villa, as I like to call it, my summer villa, or palace, maybe. Um, John, mm-hmm. I think that some somewhere in the past couple of weeks, I might have become an old man. Okay. <laughs> uh, and let me tell you how I recognize this, John. I've been getting very strong opinions about children recently. <laughs> about the kids these days, John. And when I say the kids these days, I'm not talking about the teens, John. I think the teens are doing, you know, just as just an as, admirable job. Well, they're doing they're doing like they've always been doing, John. I don't see that this this current crop of teens are any better or worse than average. Um, but the 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 actual kids, the small children, John. I think I think they might be screaming more often. <laughs> I think, or maybe, or maybe I'm just seeing more of them. Because um, I, I wake up in the morning, right? I go down to to the hotel um, breakfast buffet, and invariably there is one, sometimes two, screaming children there. <laughs> okay, I finish up breakfast. I, I get on the bus uh, to go to work, um, and invariably there is one or two screaming children on the bus. <laughs> I go into the office, and it's this is a, this is rare. Usually, the office is childfree, but sometimes, you know, sometimes people have brought their screaming children to the office <laughs> just to to tromp around, just to really go in and stomp out looking for adventure. Uh, you know, so I get back on the bus. There's screaming children. Um, you know, get through the hotel, get in my room. There's no screaming children in my room, but in an exciting development this week, um, I've got some new neighbors upstairs and you'll never guess who they are <laughs> i don't i don't know them personally john but they are screaming children uh, except there's a fun twist on these screaming children that the screams are not actually the issues with these children maybe that's maybe that's another part of being an old man that i didn't expect mm-hmm. um, it's not just the screaming that annoys you it's that's the, the stomping it's the stomping it's the running You'd think they're so small, these children. Um, they they can't weigh all that much. How could they stomp so hard, John? How could how could this be? It's like they're trying. It's like they're trying to stomp. And another a fun thing about children, a fun power that they get actually that I seem to have lost at some point in my life is the ability to want to wake up really early. And so, yeah, they've actually they've they've settled down now. About an hour ago. Um, they were they were really making a ruckus, which made me think that they might sort of make a guest appearance on this podcast, but maybe not. Um, yeah, so so yeah, so I've I've turned into. I guess you you also ride public transportation regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see screaming or stomping children with any regularity? Um, no, not that often, honestly. I mean, I think part of it could be that I've sort of gotten used to it. Um, and I think the other part is that, like, you know, if I'm riding transportation, it's probably around the time that other people who are going to, like, day jobs are also riding the T, which is not necessarily when kids would be on it. Man, that's um, what I would think, but but I'm going, like, I'm not going to work at an unreasonable time. Hmm. 
and and yet yeah, maybe because they're just going to daycare or school at the same time that you're going to work. Also, I will say one other one other thing. So I've I've been um, I've been going, you know, as part of the my new life being sort of rich and famous. Um, <laughs> I figure, you know, what's one of the things that rich people have to do? They have to get in shape, John. Because mm. um, how else yeah, are you going to get those distressing statistics about the rich people living longer? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been. I've been going to a Microsoft-sponsored gym. Um, it's it is very nice. It's preposterously luxurious. I've quite uh, enjoyed my time there, with the exception of the fact that they also run a large daycare program. <laughs> and so I go, John. I walk into the gym, and I kid you not, there is a sea of stomping, rambunctious children just running around because you know it's it's the summer now the kids are out of school from what i understand um and the parents they have to do something with them because i mean geez if i was a parent even if i didn't work i would i would want my children to be in like a, a daycare an after school program like there's 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 all these things right about people you know parents trying to put their kids in too many activities or something and a lot of people pitch it as like, oh, these parents, you know, they're just trying, they're, they're pushing too hard for their children to succeed. Now, John, I think I've figured out the secret here. <laughs> I think they just, they just want a moment of quiet. Um, and so now apparently the, the latest hot thing for the rich people to do is to just leave their children at gyms. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But it's in a cruel twist of fate, John. I suspect that the children being at the gyms, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to work out, they're going to get buff. They're going to get stronger legs, stronger stomps, John. <laughs> That's my prediction for the future. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is just, this is just some musings that I've had on children recently. Um, but you know, I do, I do have to say also, when I'm, when I'm not in a grumpy mood by children, uh, it can be pretty cute sometimes. Just to, oh. just to soften the blow there. Um, you quickly derailed me from what I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast, <laughs> uh, and then went on for quite a while about how much you hate children. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe uh, we can so split I, that I, off, and like that, that can be its own little um, <laughs> misanthropic spectacular. <laughs> maybe you could like, maybe you could just peel off all of my misanthropic monologues <laughs> and like just save them for some sort of spectacular. I don't know. Oh, uh, that would be pretty good. Um, but really, but that's I, not what I, we're here I, to talk about today. We're here to talk about America, John. Well, I because I. I also, I, I sort of lost steam on that one, but I did have one more uh, holiday I wanted to, you know, or con- er, to celebrate with our listeners. Uh, not quite as well known or as widespread as Fourth of July, but I am celebrating the fortieth of July. Oh, oh, he's got a Colt forty-five and two zigzags. <laughs> That's right. I am celebrating the time-honored tradition of drinking a 40 on the 4th of July. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's, it's big and it's slippery. It's harder to hold than I remember. <laughs> it's a glass bottle that's just... It's a very slippery glass bottle. Yeah. And it's a little too big to really get your hand around. Man, one thing that you forget about 40s until you sort of drink one of them is just how big they are exactly. <laughs> yeah. 40 ounces is a lot of ounces of anything. Let alone malt liquor. Yeah, it's it is bigger than I recall. I'm I'm very excited about this. It's it's been a while since I've since I've had a had a good forty. Yeah, but typically, 
they're not too intoxicating. Like if you get if you get the high gravity forties, yeah, the high gravity bad. ones can be a lot, but this one's not high gravity. I don't know that uh, Colt forty five has a high gravity variant. Mm. Colt ninety. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't figure out how how alcoholic this is. I feel like I thought they had to print that somewhere on here. They probably do. I I bet it's it's basically just like weak beer level. Yeah, I'd say it's probably like four four or five percent. Mm-hmm. Which you know, know, when you're drinking forty ounces, don't don't get me wrong. Um, there's a decent amount of alcohol in there. Oh yeah. But it's just you look at a forty and you think like if I drink one of those I might die. Then you actually drink <laughs> one of those and you're just like, oh no, oh, never mind, I just got drunk. <laughs> so then you try the same thing with like you know a handle of vodka or something <laughs> then you do die it's <laughs> pretty sad um yeah, so it's the 4th of July it's the 40th of July um, it's just a good time all in all I would say to celebrate the classic American values of drinking uh huh and ASMR that's right. <laughs> well, Ian, do you, do you have a uh, top ten list for us to go through this week? That's true. Actually, no, I, was, I, was, I, I brought in ASMR too soon, John, because it's still going to be good 15 to 20 minutes before we get to <laughs> yeah. ASMR part. Listeners, if this is your first time tuning in, uh, you should know that if you're – well, if you're just here for the um, – uh, for, for the ASMR content, I would say skip ahead to like the 30-minute mark um, and then listen to a couple minutes and then – when, as soon as we get uh, off track, skip ahead another, like, five minutes or so, and mm-hmm. uh, there'll be a good 10 to 15 minutes of ASMR content in there. Yeah, yeah, we try every every bi-week to deliver <laughs> the highest quality, uh, lowest quantity ASMR content that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, what we're going to talk about, you know, one of, the, one of the pillars of this podcast, John, one of the pillars. That's right, it's the top ten list of top ten, top ten lists by Jonathan Carr. Um, last... Last bye week, you know, we sort of went off against him. Uh, Jonathan Carr, he betrayed us. He did. By... We named we named the episode after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, by, instead of, of posting a top ten list of top ten lists, or a list of, a list of ten top ten lists, he instead just posted a website called thetoptens.com, which did not have ten top ten lists, but instead 83,000. Um, so, you know, that, that was a shame. He did sort of betray our trust there. But getting into number seven, uh, of the, uh, ten top ten lists, we, uh, we see that Jonathan Carr is sort of doing a return to form. It's a top ten list of David Letterman's top ten lists. So David Letterman, um, he was a man who hosted uh, I think a variety, or maybe just one, like, nightly talk show program. And one of the things that was done on this, on this talk show program was he would, he would give top ten lists, but he wouldn't give them. He would, he would bring other people on to give top ten lists. Except no, he, I think he did the top ten lists usually. Oh, did he? Oh. Yeah, he delivered them. Huh. When I, um, the, the few that I've seen thus far, uh, were all delivered by other people, but they were also the top ten of his top ten lists. So oh, okay. maybe he delivered the average ones, but the real spectacular ones were were delivered by other people. 
Oh, okay. Now, this is this was a sort of tricky list uh, for me to look at, John, for a couple of reasons. So, first off, um, the the actual list that is linked to from this article is on adweek.com, you know, one of our favorite websites. Uh, and adweek.com, as should any uh, website, I think, which is, from what I can tell, just about ads. Just about, like, it's a, it's a website you go to to see what people are talking about in relation to ads. Um, it is subscriber only. Uh, okay. So you load up, you load up the, uh, David Letterman's 10 best top 10 lists, and you get this, this attractive, um, young white man looking at his smartphone saying, this premium content is reserved for Adweek Pro subscribers. <laughs> so first off, John, this is the premium content on Adweek.com. <laughs> it's a compilation of top ten lists. It's like, you know, the, you know it's, a, it's a common refrain in journalism that it's, it's really tough to compete in this online world. <laughs> Because typically, if you're just if you're just subsisting on ads, like maybe Adweek is, I don't know. I guess not. I guess they're, they're actually relying on a subscription <laughs> model. Um, it's really hard to raise the necessary amount of money to support the deep investigations and hard hitting journalism, um, which really makes the press the fourth uh, establishment, right? Like one of the pillars of any well functioning democracy. Uh, or instead of that deep journalistic content, just going through a list of David Letterman lists and just compiling them. Um, so I thought, okay, well, surely this isn't the only top ten list of David Letterman lists. Uh, and indeed surely. it wasn't. So actually, after doing a very cursory amount of investigation, I found not one, but two Business Insider articles the top 10 David Letterman top 10 lists, both written by the same author um, about a year apart. <laughs> and you know what, John? These lists are I th- pretty much the same. There's like one <laughs> or two differences. But this, this, brave, um, this brave journalist for the Business Insider... Had to make those revisions. Had to make those revisions, and then post it as a completely separate article with no <laughs> reference to the original. <laughs> um, and then also, also, uh, this same list that was that was posted twice in Business Insider was also posted on HLN. So it just goes to show, John, I, I really feel like digging into these top ten lists... Um, they rekindled my faith in journalism. <laughs> we have we have one uh, one journalistic outpost which is all about ads, which is dependent on a subscriber based income model, um, <laughs> which lists it as premium content. And then we have the same list uh, posted three times, twice to the same venue, a year apart, and once, from what I can tell, just stolen from those. From those business insider lists, you know, maybe maybe this is also the work of the same uh, journalist who's just, you know, <laughs> I don't know, I can't I can't say for sure. Uh, but suffice it to say, John. Long story short, I actually realized that the Adweek thing. So it so it is a a, a premium content only article, 
However, it takes the website maybe 30 seconds before it blocks off the article. <laughs> and usually what happens, usually what happens with these subscriber articles, right, is you'll have some button that's like, you know, read more, and then that's locked, right? Mm-hmm. Adweek takes a, a different strategy where they load the full article and then cut it off, like after about 30 <laughs> seconds. And so I found I could just sort of, by scrolling around and copy-pasting really quickly, I could actually get the whole article. <laughs> so we're going to use the Adweek top 10 list. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to talk about the top 10, um, the top 10 lists from David Letterman according to this Adweek premium article. And I'm trying to remember what was the... Because there were a couple of ones. Okay, here was it. So I think the coming in at number 10 on the top 10 um, David Letterman lists, we're going to start with uh, number 10. It's 10 things that Mick Jagger learned after 50 years in rock and roll. Um, and we're just going to go through them now. So number 10... Nobody wants to hear anything from your new album. Number nine. Never take relationship advice from Phil Spector. Which is a, a joke that I did not understand. Yeah, that that's definitely referencing something I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And I will also, I made a little annotation here. Uh, because also, so after after doing this laborious copy-pasting, you know, of course, the, the actual um, content of this article was just a series, essentially, of, of brief description paragraphs and then links to YouTube videos. Many of which, I will say, many of the YouTube videos that they link to are actually, they've been taken down, so I had to find them via other routes. <laughs> um, and I just had to sort of manually transcribe the YouTube videos. So it's really, this was a labor of love, John. <laughs> um, coming in at number eight, before shouting, Hi Seattle, make sure you're in Seattle. John Michael is also a reference to something which happened uh, to make Probably. Uh, coming in at number... Actually, I think that was... Yeah, that was, that was number eight. Coming in at, at number seven. Um, you don't earn a cent when someone does a song about having moves like Jagger. Oh, yeah, okay. That's true. That one got a big laugh from the audience, John. That was that That's, was one of the real crowd pleasers. I, I, I like that one. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like... Um, maybe your delivery was lacking. John, um, you don't earn a cent when someone does a song about having moves like Jagger. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. But I already heard it. That's true. Well, how how do you want it delivered, John? No, let's move on. Let's move okay, on. Okay. Everybody you meet after you become famous is only interested in you as a person. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. A little bit of irony. Uh, song royalties are great, but they can't match the cash flow guarantees from a reverse mortgage. <laughs> um, yeah, this this um, this particular top ten list was posted a bit closer to the the um, popping of the real estate bubble, so it was a little more topical at the time. Yeah, but, yeah, we still get it. A good way to keep yourself entertained is to sign every tenth autograph, Doris Goldblatt. I, I don't know if that's someone I should be familiar with. Yeah, I think at some point I was planning on looking up all these references to see if they, <laughs> if they were related to specific incidences we could talk about, but I forgot to do that. Um, okay. Uh, so coming in at number three, be considerate of other hotel guests. Trash your hotel room by 10 p.m. 
I can I can attest to that as that's considerate. <laughs> Number two, you can't always get what you want. Like a good joke on the top ten list. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and here actually oh okay. I, like I, that one. I forgot, so the context of this video that I was recording is it was not actually a direct YouTube video of of the this top ten list. It was instead someone who was filming a TV that was playing this top ten list on their smartphone <laughs> and recording it. And this this one was actually um, this was I think the the real winner from the recorder because uh, they they gave off like a little humorous sniff at that one, so they approved. And number one, John, coming in at number one, the top thing that Mick Jagger learned after 50 years in rock and roll. You start out playing rock and roll so you can have sex and do drugs, but you end up doing drugs so you can still play rock and roll and have sex. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, there was... I really liked the end there. Um, I thought the list had its ups and its downs, but... There was some pretty solid stuff on here. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some, some some good ones in there. Okay. So thank you, Adweek. And actually, the, I, I forgot to attribute the, the journalist here, um, Chris Arians, whose work, I guess I... Is it stealing if you copy and paste an article? Um, also, one other thing I was just thinking of, John, is what we're doing fair use? <laughs> like, is this whole endeavor of going... I mean... I don't know, because, like... It seems like, on the one hand, this doesn't seem like fair use, right? Because what we're doing is we're going through and we're essentially reading a variety of articles. <laughs> yeah, but they're also, but we're doing so to talk about them. And also, we're we're doing so in the context of we're reading, in particular, we're reading an article, which is in itself a direct summary of articles, which are in themselves direct <laughs> summaries of the things which we are like. Maybe not using. Well, I guess I guess it's probably fair use, but just a little something I was thinking about. Yeah, I I think it's yeah, it's a little odd. Um, but also they're listicles. They so. are listicles. Yeah. So it's um, well, John, but they're premium listicles. Some of these. Um. So yeah. So thank you, Adweek, as always, for just riling me up, and thank you, Jonathan Carr. <laughs> Uh, in ASMR news, uh, there's some hot new research on the presses. There is, yeah. There was a, um, you know, it's it's not happened all that often before, but in this past bi-weekly period, a research article was, was posted to a, a plus one journal. I mean, plus one is a journal. I'm not in the life sciences, so I don't really understand how plus one works. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of them. Plus one is a big journal. Or at least it is a, it is either a journal or a conglomeration of journals to which a lot of things get posted. So this is like this is something that is vaguely recognizable to me as someone oh, who's that's... not even in the life science okay. community or psychology. This is a psychology study. Um, yeah, and there was a lot of articles about this research article. Um, there was, I think, the the big one that I saw was from mindbodygreen.com. dot com. Um, I was loading the article to see if I could okay. look at something to make a comment on it. Um, 
Yeah, so so um the the basic article is saying uh or the 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 basic the way that the research is being presented by most uh headlines is that it uh supposedly ASMR could have health benefits. Um that's what all of the headlines are talking about. And I haven't delved too much deeper because we are actually going to make this our main quest for the next episode. Mm-hmm. So there's a little teaser for you there, listeners. Ooh, this might be the earliest that we've ever announced what our next episode is going to be. Uh, no, when we first started, we were doing, we were announcing episodes for like a couple and then we stopped doing that. Yeah, but we usually announce at the end though, right? Like here we're announcing oh, that's fair. before okay. we even got to okay. the main quest. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. So it's a world first, in honor of July 4th and all the patriots out there. We're going to talk about this ASMR research, <laughs> but not this week, not, or not the next week. week. Next, the, the week after that. The next bi-week. In, in two weeks. <laughs> also, John, I hope that you're appreciating that I'm, I'm really trying to get the word bi-week. <laughs> you're really hitting that hard. I'm pushing it, John, because, you know, I think that it's time, it's time that we coin a word, John. <laughs> you know, there's already a word that, uh, describes exactly what you're trying to describe. Uh, John, uh, are you talking about, uh, the hot new free-to-play gaming sensation? <laughs> I am. Yeah, so John, I guess that's the sorry. problem with that word, is that it, it's kind of been taken. Yeah, Fortnite's gone now, John. <laughs> yeah. We used to have it, but it's gone. It has one meaning now. <laughs> Actually, so I've never played Fortnite. Does the concept of a two-week period, like, does that factor into anything involving Fortnite? Like, um, why is it called I, Fortnite? So, well, so Fortnite started as a, like, crafting, uh, like, survival wave enemies type game. Like a sort of combination of genres. Hmm. And it's a pay-to-play game. Uh, and it still is a pay-to-play game. Uh, but then after um, PUBG got super popular, the people working on Fortnite were like, hey, we have an unfinished game that looks nice and has a bunch well, of mechanics that work. It's got graphics, I guess. It's got a, I mean, it has a, a distinct artistic style. That's true. Yeah. Or, it, it looks polished or like like done, at least. Mm-hmm. But so in any case, they were like, hey, we have a mostly finished game. We just haven't finished, like, all of our, like, modes and such, I guess. I don't know exactly what they haven't done in the full game. Why don't we just add a new mode? And uh so then they just added um the Battle Royale aspect to this game that had already been out and was already named... For a different, now much less popular style of gameplay. Huh. So it like it started as a Minecraft clone and then became a PUBG clone. Uh or maybe not a clone. It's Yeah, but but sort of, yeah. I guess it or it, it started as one of these like survival it started as a survival genre. And this survival genre still exists and, and so you were saying it was it's not free to play, it's pay to play. Yeah. So my understanding is that the battle royale component is free to play. Yes. That... Okay, but so there's a there's a separate paid game, which is actually but... Fortnite, and this is just like one particular mode of it. That is the most popular game in the world, from what I can understand. <laughs> uh, more or less, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Hmm. Um. 
So also in the past bye week. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> nice. Or actually, I guess it's been a little more than a bye week now. Uh, but uh, W Magazine, they, they have been churning them out. They've been really putting out a lot of ASMR content recently. And they really have found a, a good format with it. Um, I mean, you can, you definitely can still tell the difference between the different people that they have doing it. Like, some of them clearly are into ASMR and do a really good job with it. And some people just, like, don't really know what they're doing. But, um, but basically all of the people they have on now as guests for their ASMR videos, they just have them talk about their career in whatever, um, type of career they have. And so they'll just sort of go through like major sort of moments in their career. Or if they're like an actor, they'll talk about like the different shows or movies they were on. Um, and then we'll like bring out one prop that sort of represents each phase that they are talking about and use that for some, some sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so it's all, it's very similar to like the Aubrey Plaza one was sort of the first one they released that, uh, met this format. Um, and I think Aubrey Plaza is still probably the best person who has done it in that format, but everyone's doing it in that format now and it, it works really well. That's good. Have you found, um, cause I know, you know, with some of the earlier videos, they were sort of interesting pieces of journalism, maybe. Um, but they weren't really ASMR videos, right? Yes. Have um, you I, gotten tingles for any of these new videos, John? I don't know that I've got, that I personally have gotten tingles from any of them. Um, but I, I, I would say that like these are like legitimately ASMR content at this point. Okay. Some better than others, but it it feels like it is actual ASMR. Wow, so W Magazine, a titan on the rise. Mm-hmm. We got a lot it's also of... fun to, like, scroll down in the comments on those and see which actual ASM artists have commented. Um, sometimes you'll see, like, uh, some, like, well-known ASM artists commenting, and they say some interesting stuff sometimes. It's kind of fun. Now, do you think um, that there could be a, a sort of spinoff from this W Magazine format? Where instead of bringing celebrities on to talk about things in an ASMR manner, you bring ASMR artists on to talk about their career, um, but in a celebrity manner. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite sure what that would be, but I, I like it. <laughs> okay, well, just we can we'll put that one on the back burner. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to that. We'll revisit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our final piece of ASMR news. Is that there's some literal ASMR news? Woo! <laughs> um, <laughs> was it bad? I'm sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> I, think I, I I will accept your apology, Ian, but I don't know if the listeners do. Uh, okay. Listeners, write in uh, and let us know if you accept Ian's apology. apology. Um, I feel like we haven't been telling people to write in as much lately, and I don't know that people have been writing in as much. So we gotta. Start have you been checking, them. John? Oh uh, yeah, okay. There hasn't there hasn't been much. Oh well. So write in, everyone. Write in, listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just say hello. Lonely. You know, you're you're. Give us a like. Hi. Your mothers. Give us a hoe. Yeah, we hoe. just we just want to hear we just want to hear about how you're doing every now and again. We worry about you. We sure do. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah so um. The Pedestrian Podcast Network, which I'm not familiar with, but it it exists, has released a a new podcast called Slow News. 
uh, where they read pop culture news or deliver pop culture news, but in an ASMR manner. Mm-hmm. They, uh, this new relaxation podcast will give you the news and an ASMR-based boner. Says the headline of their, uh, their release statement. Yeah. Written by Lucinda Price. Mm-hmm. John, have you ever gotten yeah. an ASMR-related boner? I don't think so. Wow. Well, John, have I got the podcast for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, and our, some of our listeners might be surprised that we're not sort of more more angry or concerned about this news, that, you know, another another podcast is sort of trying to shoulder their way into the ASMR podcasting space. But, you know, I think oh. that, I feel like at this point, John, you know, we set out before and we were sort of hard scrabbling. Um, we were really, we were really working to achieve big success. But at this point, I just feel confident, you know, maybe overconfident. Yeah, we've made it. I can't see us ever becoming the number three or lower podcast about ASMR again. No. Yeah, we're, we are, we are number one, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's in the eye. It's in high on top of the mountain. Yeah, dude. John, mm-hmm. is there, cause I know that like iTunes has sort of like a top 10 podcasts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like the top 10 podcast episodes. How deep down does that list go? Like um, if you're podcasts. asking if they have a list of like the top 10 ASMR podcasts, they do not even provide ASMR as a category that you can assign your podcast to. Oh, that's shameful, John. We gotta start a petition. I agree. Hashtag. I'm <sighs> <laughs> the first stumbling block. Okay, so a good hashtag. So we got well first off, John, let's start let's start from first principles here. What do we want? We want an ASMR category. An ASMR category for podcasts. On, yeah, for podcasts. On iTunes. On iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so the first the sort of first spitball approach, you know, the, there's no wrong ideas at this stage. Hashtag iTunes, comma. Give us an ASMR-based <laughs> podcast category. See, the thing I, I don't like about that is it, it doesn't sound angry enough and doesn't really assign blame. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I feel like it needs to be something like iTunes, comma, <laughs> corporate ASMR-hating monster, comma, stop-hating ASMR, and give us an ASMR category for podcasts. Okay. Shitheads. Uh-huh. Okay, so now I think we've got the right emotional tone with that. Um, but, you know, the classic thing with hashtags, because the main context of hashtags, from what I understand, is um, putting them on Facebook posts. Just <laughs> using your Facebook yeah. hashtags to just yeah. go trending on the Facebook sphere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and one of the big important things about um, the Facebook posts is that if they get too long, then you can't use those really annoying background colors. And so that's no good, right? Like if you, mm. if you've got a short post, then Facebook will make it really big and really irritating to look at. Um, just so you can frustrate your friends. But if it gets longer, then people are like, Oh, okay. They're actually talking about something that is in their lives or whatever. And we can't have that. So we got to make it shorter, John. Um, hashtag iTunes, comma. What are you? 
Hashtag ASMR hiding. Uh, no, it needs to be a single hashtag. Either. Oh, yeah, you're right. You can't so have it, hashtags in a hashtag. I forgot about that. Yeah. So we, I think we got to use some uh, some abbreviations, some some internet speak, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. So it can be like hashtag I uh, TNS mm-hmm. for iTunes. That's um, like abbreviation. And then fuck. So just <laughs> iTunes fuck. Then they know we're angry. <laughs> yeah, then we know they they know we're angry. Comma, because uh, I'm sure I'm positive you can do commas and hashtags. <laughs> yes. uh, and we need to separate these two thoughts. So it's um, hashtag iTunes fuck, uh, and you got to use the u there. You spell out fuck properly because uh-huh. they they got to know we're angry. Um, comma, um, ASMR podcast. Because we're shortening podcast to pod and category to cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, so, a, that's a bold abbreviation. Hashtag iTunes fuck ASMR podcast. ASMR podcast. If you um, want to let <laughs> iTunes know how angry you are about the lack of an ASMR podcast category, then you should tweet with the hashtag. No, not tweet, John. We've already established sorry, Facebook. Then you the should post on Facebook and any other lame social media site you may know of. But we we know Facebook's the cool one. That's where mm-hmm. everyone's at. That's where the teams uh, like. To then go. use your hashtag. Items fuck comma <laughs> ASMR podcast. Okay. Wow, John. And just like that, I. I feel the winds of a revolution in the air. An American revolution. Oh, man, what a time. We're using our free speech to start an American revolution. Uh-oh, John. You, I don't think you can say the that. corporate monster of iTunes. The NSA is listening, John. We can't say stuff like that. <laughs> the NSA. Do, do you think the NSA listens to podcasts? Like, do they track the things that are said and the... the Opinions and dangerous ideologies that get espoused on podcasts. I, I think no. <laughs> but they track everything else, right? Like, I think I I feel like the NSA probably just like doesn't think highly enough of podcasts that they. I think I think there's like podcasts. What? Who cares about those? Like. I don't know, I, I, I just can't imagine the NSA tracking podcasts. Yeah. I don't know. On the other hand, though, I could definitely imagine, like, ISIS releasing some sort of weird Islamic podcast. Oh, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of horrible podcasts. Um, but, I, yeah, no, I just, I, I just don't think it's something the NSA would track. So if you're listening in and uh, and you're a terrorist of some description, no. maybe try podcast. What, John? The NSA is not listening. Apparently, we can say whatever we want. We finally found a way to communicate that's sort of free of government interference. Man, what if what if you were just like communicating secrets? Like, what if this was a technique used by spies for espionage? Just like Ooh. small, unpopular podcasts. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, and on that note, you know, uh, enjoy slow news from the Pedestrian Podcast Network. They haven't reached out to us yet. Um, 
for this. Yeah, you'd this... think that they would maybe want to like sponsor us, like you know, like get some advertising on the number one podcast in the world about ASMR. But mm-hmm. if they don't want to make smart business decisions, uh, we can't force them to. That's true, John. You can you can lead a podcasting network uh, to sponsorship water, but you can't make them drink the. I don't. I don't really know. Where I was going with that, I apologize. Ian, I, I, second apology. Ian, John, let's talk about some hot goss. Okay. Now, I, before we get into this, John, you yeah. might have noticed I was I was posting some things on our little um, episode discussion Google yes. document. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I still don't understand what is supposed to go in the hot goss category. Ian, that's a great point. Ian, I think. You might not be the only person who gets confused about what exactly constitutes a notable vid, what's ASMR news, and what's hot goss. And Ian, I'm here to enlighten you. Okay. No one's sure. <laughs> so Everyone's just... confused. <laughs> I just I, I noticed that I think you were moving some of my links around, which made me think that there's like there's an ordering system which I I was not aware you, you of. You just gotta feel it out. Okay. You gotta feel it out. I feel like actually most of the stuff we put into the hot goss actually was probably ASMR news. I feel like the hot goss is usually more Reddit discussions and stuff, but mm. I don't know. You could argue it's hot goss too. Who knows? That's true. That's true. Actually, I would say that all three of the pieces of hot goss that we have are really notable vids. <laughs> That's also possible. <laughs> But you know that's, what a, that's a good point. Uh, Ian, you want to talk about some notable vids? Because we don't have any hot goss this week. We're doing things true. out of order. <laughs> Let's talk about some Because we skipped vids, notable John. vids, but now we're doing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so starting off, there was a pretty exciting thing. So first off, I remember several episodes back, I think we revolutionized um, the ASMR media landscape when we talked about our idea, or I think your idea mostly, of using Twitch for ASMR. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, we were talking about that, like, a year ago, right? Uh, not a year ago, but a, a, a while ago. Was it before people... Because, like, now, from what I understand, a lot of people do this. Um, we were... There were people doing it at the time, including some legitimate ASM artists. Like, I think GB was already doing it occasionally. Um, I think um, ASMR uh, cast was doing it occasionally. Or actually, was doing it pretty frequently. Um, but we were definitely on the early side of that trend, because mm-hmm. uh, it has it has really taken off since. Yeah, someday like, we're gonna have to try to invest in one of our ideas. Yeah, whether like monetarily or just by actually like pursuing it. Yeah. Um, but either one would be good. Mm-hmm. Well, but anyway, just that that was all to say that there was a uh, a pretty exciting ASMR video that was posted on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, by uh, who was the ASM artist? Well, not posted, but it was streamed. Uh, well, yeah, are you talking Paul about Dances. Sorry, what? Oh, so this is this is posted by Paul Dances. Um, yes, it was uh, ASMR with a chainsaw. Yeah, I uh, I saw a clip of the ASMR with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say, uh, he's really committing to the bit. He really was. I will say, though, this is basically just a riff on um, Jonathan Stroud, a uh, longtime former listener of the show. 
And the person still a friend made... of the show, though. Yeah, still a friend of the show. Do you still use the opening music he made? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so longtime former listener of the show, longtime friend of the show, and full time um, uh, composer of music. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. This is basically just a riff on his ASMR video concept, right? That he actually mm. did. He actually posted on YouTube. That that that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a man with a chainsaw. He's putting the chainsaws near these sort of this binaural microphone setup. And uh, did it give you any tingles, John? It did not, but it did give me some chuckles because uh, he looks. His expression. He he just looks so bored. <laughs> he looks very bored. He looks very serious. Yeah, he looks very serious and very bored, which is very funny when he's just running a chainsaw next to some microphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The I, I dig it. The second notable vid of the week is a very notable vid. Um, this is a, a GB video, John. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Oh, I do. GB just at it again. Still on her grind. Mm-hmm. GB has hit 1 million subscribers on YouTube. Uh, now, this happened since the, or before the release of our last episode, but after the recording of our last episode. So we're, we're talking about this a little late. Wait, but, uh, yeah, G- before the release, but after, okay, now that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I got mixed up in my mind, John. <laughs> uh, but GB has hit a million subscribers on YouTube, and she released a video to her uh, ASMR channel, the one that hit a million subscribers, to uh, celebrate uh, and it's mostly her just talking about her excitement, and she's got, like, a cute little montage in it. Um, and she also shows off some of her new merch. Jamie's got some cool merch, I gotta say. Uh, but then it also has a, a very exciting finale. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil, but I think uh, our listeners should check it out if they haven't seen it already. Okay, uh, could you post congratulations it in the show notes, to Jamie. I will. Okay. So congratulations on the million subscribers. There's... Cheers to GB. I'm gonna swig some 40. Oh, wow. And how are you feeling, John? How are you feeling? You're about halfway through the 40. I'd say you're about 20 into that 40. Yeah. I I, I feel it. Mm-hmm. I, like... I'm a ways away from a meal, so it's, it's hitting me fast. Nice. Uh, so I was, uh, at the start of this episode, um, instead of chugging my usual uh, alcohol array, I was actually drinking coffee. Yeah, it's very early for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of early for me, too, but it's the 4th of July, and everyone's day drinking, so that's fine. Yeah, it is the, the official uh, day of day drinking. Um, yeah, and I was, I was day drinking some coffee, not even Irish coffee, because it's not St. Paddy's Day. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we started, it was, what, like, 9 a.m. for you? Eh, more or less. Yeah, you'd probably, like, just woken up. Mm-hmm, just crawled out of bed. Well, ju- here's the thing. With my with my new exciting up-door neighbors, I will, you know what? I could. I, I was complaining earlier. Now that I've got a little more caffeine in my system, I'm feeling a little, a little <laughs> less angry about everything. I will say, um, given that I, I am still sort of trying to operate according to East Coast time, um, just because by before I came out to the West Coast, my East Coast time was so messed up that uh, if I if I allowed myself to get into that routine on the West Coast, it would just it would be a mess. Um, okay, it's no way to be when you're actually working. Um, you know, the kids, they're waking up early, but if I was on East Coast time, they'd be, like, stomping around and getting me up at, like, 8.30 or 9 or something. And that's not unreasonable. Mm. It's not unreasonable to get stomped awoke. 
at 9 a.m. That's fair. Yeah. Do the little kids see it that way? I don't know. I don't know how little kids think, but... <laughs> uh, the final notable vid this week um, was a pretty exciting vid, I thought. It was an ASMR video that was a, an evaluation of iOS 12's new Animojis. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about Animojis before on the podcast. Um, I don't think we have. No, maybe it's just that I talk about Animojis in every sort of aspect of my life. Uh, Ian, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about Animojis. So we... Because that, that sounds very exciting. I That's something I really need to hear your thoughts on. Man, John, I think there's a lot of people who are sort of down about the concept of Animojis. Just being like, this is pointless, this is silly, why... I love it, John. I am... I don't think you'll find a bigger supporter of the Animoji phenomenon anywhere. <laughs> For a lot of reasons. Um, one... It's very reminiscent to me of the Black Mirror episode, which was basically about Animojis, just a few years before Animojis came out. <laughs> and so I think that's pretty funny. Um, and yeah, good on whoever the producer or, or director or writer of that Black Mirror episode was, who predicted the rise of Animojis. <laughs> um, two, it's just such a great idea. It's like, it's genius, John. There's, this is like, you know, people often talk about the revolutionary technologies that change the course of society. Um, you know, I'm talking about things like the wheel, um, fire, electricity. People are talking about that a lot in context to artificial intelligence. Um, uh-huh. But really, um, you look at the past couple of years, and what are the technologies that have primarily changed the way that we've lived our lives? The clear answer is Snapchat filters, right? Yeah, you because know, suddenly um, a lot of pictures that you see are no longer just pictures, right? They're pictures of people with, with like, little dog ears and a dog tongue sort of coming out of their mouths humorously. Um, yeah. And that was revolutionary. And this is taking it to the next level, John, because soon we'll be taking pictures of ourselves making silly faces, but they won't be our face, right? <laughs> it'll be, like, a fox face, or it'll be a poop face, or it'll be the eggplant emoji. Um, <laughs> the sky's the limit, John. And I just think this is going to be a, a critical component in terms of breaking down the walls between reality and fantasy, where once we really start to associate interactive um, avatars with our identity, it's really going to make it... Because, you know, like the, people are very attached to the image of their face, right? For, for better or for worse, whether you like it or you dislike it, your face is a critical component of your identity. Mm-hmm. But with Animojis, you know, we're, we're, we're really making progress, I think, in reducing that relationship. Where suddenly you're going to have these, these sort of functional replacements for, for the individual expressive identity, but one which is both context-dependent and that you get to choose, you know, am I going to be the poop face today or am I going to be the eggplant? Or am I, am I going to be the silly little fox? Um, and also, you know, it, it's a uniform. I think that's another really exciting thing about Animojis. is just the idea that, like, people are all basically working off of the same uh, somewhat limited palette of options. And so I think it's going to be just an exciting way that we can all begin to uh, combine together into the er-identity uh, on which... 
the, the sort of history of technology would have us believe we are in a irresistible uh, trajectory. <laughs> I got so much deeper than I was expecting. <laughs> I, I did not expect you to have such deep thoughts on Animojis. Ah, John, Animojis are the best. And also, they look. I love it when people are like, they're eating a corn chip with the Animoji, and the face is sort of glitching out, and like the tongue sort of slowly <laughs> pops out. It's very good. Um, I, I did... Uh, when you started talking about how people are attached to the image of their face, I thought you were going to go sort of in the opposite direction of not more detachment, but of, like, people then being attached to the, like, cartoon representation of themselves as well, and seeing that as, like, an extension of them. Well, so I think but that's then... definitely a part of it, but I think the key thing is, this cartoon extension of yourself is not, um, it is neither unique, nor is it unchanging, Right. Mm. So, like, the, the, the fact that other people can have an identical cartoon version of themselves uh, to me, and that I can change my cartoon identity uh, on the fly, mm. I don't know, I just see it as, uh, certainly not at this point, right? Because this is just going to be used so people can send little images of themselves eating corn chips to one another. But I think I do see this as, like, I don't know, I've got, I've got big thoughts about, <laughs> about sort of virtual reality and augmented reality and how it's going to change everything, John, once we stop having the uh, the sort of virtual headsets and stuff being so very uncomfortable. Mm. Well, because I was also thinking maybe it would be like a thing that would sort of like give you more of an online identity. Like, you know, one, one of the things people sort of point to with regards to uh, unpleasant interactions on the internet is this idea that, like, people feel somewhat protected due to the, like, relative uh, anonymity of the internet, and also the fact that you can't really, like, re read other people's reactions to what you do. Like, you know, if you, like, hit someone and they make, like, a sad face, you feel bad. If you say something mean to them on the internet and you don't have to see their reaction, you don't feel bad. Um, and so maybe this idea of, like, you, if you're, like, a little cartoon person, that's hard to be mean to cartoon people. Yeah, they're very cute. Yeah. Except then, you also, John, you gotta remember, um, uh, what's the called? Sims. VR chat. Oh. <laughs> and the, the Ugandan Knuckles explosion. Yeah. <laughs> that's I think fair. that's probably where society as a whole is headed. Um, <laughs> like, we're all gonna get hooked into, um, the mega brain or whatever. We're all gonna get uploaded to the cloud. And then there's just gonna be some meme like Ugandan Knuckles, and it's just gonna wipe <laughs> out all cultural identity. <laughs> I'm just gonna all just start chittering the same weird phrases out of context. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna be a great world that we're going to, John. <laughs> a great unrecognizable, um, you know, maybe utopian, maybe dystopian, but certainly different world. <laughs> well, um, we haven't gotten to our main quest yet, but I'm not sure that we really need to. Um, I think... <laughs> oh, jeez, John, I, I didn't realize we, we've gone... We've, we've spent a long time on these on these preliminaries. Yeah, so uh, we were going to talk about um, makeup tutorial ASMR today. Uh, as the second part of our makeup uh, main quest, which started last week. Uh, but this was a... We, we had a lot of other stuff to talk about today, so I mm -hmm. think we are going to end it here. Uh, next week, we will talk about this new uh, research paper on ASMR. And I guess the week after that, we'll talk about uh, makeup tutorial ASMR.
Mm-hmm. But uh, I think this has been a, a an exciting Fourth of July spectacular. Now, John, do you? Wanna... I feel comfortable without a main quest. Okay. Do you? Because I think I think you said some real inspirational stuff to me off mic uh, at the beginning of our of our chat this morning about the Fourth of July, and I'm just wondering if you could sort of bring us out with that. Well, I'm gonna. It's probably say it less eloquently than I did before due mm-hmm. to the, the 40. Well, but that's um, part of it, John. That's part of what it means to be an American. <laughs> uh, so what I was saying to Ian is that, you know, I, I think there, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't know if I can really get into the 4th of July this year because uh, I don't like the way things are going politically. Um, and that, that's not just this year. I mean, that, that is a, a general thing that can be applied to pretty much any year that I have heard many people say throughout the years. And there was certainly a time where I felt the same way. But I, I have realized that it is important to separate your feelings about the current political climate of your country from your feelings about your country as a whole. Because I am a goddamn American. I've lived here my whole life. I expect I always will. And I think this is a great country. There's so many things that I love about America. And so those are the things that I choose to focus on on a day of celebration. And then all of the stuff that I... All of the other stuff I can focus on on other days and try to try to change it. And that's, I guess, one of the other great things is that... I can try to change it. Oftentimes, things can feel overwhelming. Uh, and it feels like there's not much you can do. But at the same time, we do have certain rights and privileges and... Uh, yeah, I, I would say both rights and privileges here in America that mean that, you know, we've got more of a chance of changing things than a lot of people did in lots of parts of the world all throughout history. And so for today, I'm focusing on all the things I love. Well, thank you for that, John. Um, yeah, it may not have been as eloquent now that you are somewhat intoxicated. Yeah, it was bad. But you know what? It was It was still... It was from the heart. It was from the heart and it was enthusiastic. And Fuck yeah, America! Yeah! <laughs> okay, well... You want to you bring us out, John? Yeah, I suppose I should. Listeners, thank you for joining us for this Fourth of July Spectacular. You can follow us on Twitter at ASMR underscore quest. You can email us at ASMRquesting at gmail.com. And we would love it if you could go on to iTunes or whatever podcasting app you use and give us a five-star rating and review. Unless it is a podcasting app which uses a 10-star system, or some number other than 5, in which case we would like the maximum value. (laughs) Thank you, and stay tingly.